$1,500 was the initial fine back in 91, but it was very rarely used because they didn't know who sent the messages. They couldn't track people down. And so that's why basically, you know, you fast forward to today, it's really like the rules are a little bit more stringent, but what's changed is the ability for them to track us down. Perfect. What's up, everybody? It's Jamel Gibbs. Welcome to another podcast episode. This is the Business and Investing Podcast, where you learn all things business and investing related. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that is really important for investors to understand, especially with the the changing of the atmosphere in text messaging and the changing of the laws and things like that over the last couple of months. So there's some things that we need to cover today that I think you guys are going to be able to benefit from. And what we're looking to do is educate you so that you can keep yourself out of trouble when it comes to text messaging. And I have my man who's an expert in this particular field, and he's coming all the way from uh, the REI Black Book, which is a software which provides this type of service as well. So uh, we're going to talk to Kevin Carroll today and uh, see what we need to know about when it comes to uh, text messaging and making sure that we don't get sued on the other end. What's up, my brother? What's going on, Jamel? How are you, man? Doing great, man. Doing great. Yeah. Looking forward to the information, man. Why don't you go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about yourself, man? Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me, man. All right. Kevin Carroll, uh, basically sales director at RA Black Book. Uh, been here for a handful of years, but going back, I, I've been working with small and medium-sized businesses for about the last 15 years, right? Going through sales and marketing systems, that's really my bread and butter, my passion, if you will. But along those lines, with sales and marketing, we've got a very changing landscape, like you mentioned. So I'm out here kind of help spread the word, keep people out of trouble, um, make sure that they're marketing and running their businesses the right way um, so that we can all grow and scale and and hopefully stay out of trouble, right? So um, let's throw this out here too. And and everybody loves when you first bring up uh, or start a, a conversation this way, but I am not an attorney and this is not legal advice, but the, the things I'm going to uh, basically discuss today, these are well-documented across the industry. It's a hot button topic today and, you know, looking forward to kind of talking this through and making sure we're helping our fellow community out here, man. Absolutely, man. Now, how did you guys end up adding text messaging to your platform in the first place? Yeah. So we've been doing the software thing for about 12 years now, specific for real estate investors. And, you know, our platform is everything from a CRM, phone system, text platform, ringless voicemail platform, email auto response systems, you know, property analysis. We do a lot of different things inside of our system, but uh, probably six or seven years ago is when we implemented the full text and ringless voicemail platform into REI Blackbook. And the, the idea was most investors are going out and subscribing to seven, eight, you know, sometimes 10 different platforms, trying to plug them all together. It costs outrageously expensive. It's extremely complex to, to put together. And ultimately it's a lot more efficient if it's all in one spot. If there's an issue, you've got one number to call. And that that's why we built in text 
um, text blasting, text messages, as well as the ringless voicemail side of things. Yeah, and we're, we're going to dig into that a little bit as we go on through this podcast, because there's obviously some differences between a broadcast and a follow up system, which we'll, we'll talk about. And also, yep. I want you guys to stay on to the very end. Make sure you continue to watch because we're, we're going to provide you with some information towards the end. Uh, we're going to provide you with a texting code that's going to allow you to stay congruent with what's going on with the local laws or the national laws today. Uh, and how you can uh, protect yourselves during this landscape of uh, the changing of texting and, and marketing. Yeah, hey, we've got a pretty much a step-by-step how-to guide that uh, pretty much show you exactly what you need to stay compliant, what the rules are, what's changed. And we'll talk about it today, but we've got a free handout at the end that uh, we'll make sure everybody gets to. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. So what are some of the pros and cons of texting when generating leads in today's atmosphere? <clears throat> Yeah. So, I mean, texting has been really, really popular for us for many years, right? And there, there's a there's a good reason for it. Text messaging compared to some other marketing strategies, it's super inexpensive. You know, sending out 5,000 text messages versus 5,000 postcards, there's a big cost difference with that. But mm-hmm. um, just to kind of give you that, so there's some numbers here. Um, when you look at text the reason why real estate investors specifically have really flocked to this over the last handful of years is one, text messages get a 98% open rate. So when you're looking at our messages hitting on the target, 98% of the time, they're getting opened. Out of those 90% get opened within three minutes of that message being sent too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's immediate response, engaged right away. And then the other part of it is, actual responses coming back to us, 45% actually respond back one way or the other. So 98% get, uh, you know, opened nine out of 10 of those are open within the first three minutes and almost half of them incite some sort of response one way or the other. And when you look at other marketing strategies that we use as investors, there's really nothing else that kind of compares to what testing texting has brought. So that's why it's popular. Absolutely true, man. You know, I I know we had this discussion before in regards to email marketing, right, versus text messaging. And when you look at the two comparisons, I think email marketing is about the same when you're looking at how it's tracked. But, you know, you know, I've been email marketing since 2006. I have I've never seen a 98 percent open rate and I've never seen a 45 percent response rate. So that just proves obviously these are two different types of uh, modalities when it comes to, to, uh, marketing to people, but, you know, it it just proves that text messaging is much more effective in that regard when it comes to actually reaching people, uh, versus, you know, sending someone an email, there's a lot of spam going on in emails. So it lowers the, the open rates and things like that. So you can actually get in contact with people through texting. Now, obviously I'm not saying that email is bad. You want to be using both but yeah. uh, you, you just understand that the response rate on both platforms is going to be different as well. Right. And that's kind of what brings us here today. Right. So you mentioned the spamming part of email. So, you know, every, everybody's got their junk email addresses these days. And then the real one, it depends on who you're talking to as to, you know, who gets which one. But texting is kind of that, that's why we're talking about new regulations and new compliance changes, because there's so much spam and, and robocalls and all these other things because, you know, it's not just investors that are sending these messages out, right? I mean, businesses across the board are doing this. Like, there's a number, it's like 2.7 trillion text messages that get sent by businesses um, next year. 
Mm-hmm. So when you look at, you know, it's not just investors, but it's, you know, I'm sure most of us have probably had offers for car warranties and, you know, all those different things, but, but they're using text messaging for a lot of the spam activity, which is kind of spurring why these regulations are kind of, you know, front and center right now um, for us as marketers. Right. So text messaging obviously has been around for a few years. Things are starting to get really hot. It's really become popular over the last couple of years. I want to say a lot of, like you said, a lot of investors are using it now, even though, you know, I was using text messaging 10 years ago to invite people to webinars. Right. Uh, It's just more formal. It's more public now. And it's, it's more of a, a mainstream way of marketing. So that's why, uh, obviously when things get hot, you know, the government steps in and they start putting these regulations in place in order to keep everybody in check, man. So let's talk about some of this. What, what are some of the, com- uh, the, uh, compliances, uh, that are, uh, here to stay in yeah. the texting <clears throat> yeah. world? Yeah. And, and that's, the, that's the other part of this too. You know, a lot of us in our community are, are thinking that these are all brand new regulations. This is all new stuff that just came about. Well, the reality is the TCPA, which is a con- uh, telephone consumer protection act, but that was first put in place back in 1991. And, you know, you look back in 1991, very few people even had cell phones. I think like 3% of the population actually had cell phones. 95% of people still relied on landlines. Um, so, but what spurred this was back in 91, that's when these automated dialing systems would, was first coming out, right? So, so the government, I always say the regulator is going to regulate. Um, but, and what I mean by that is back then you had these, the technology with those dialers say, okay, I'm in uh, St. Louis. So our area code's 314 here. Those dialers would just say, okay, well, I want to automatically call this area code. And it would go through and just call every single number that was in each area code. So we're talking fire departments and hospitals and, you know, emergency lines, et cetera. So it was creating an issue for that. Um, the other part was back then, if when, you know, when we did have cell phones, you know, those old bricks that we used to have carry around in leather bags, um, you know, that's what the technology was then. But um, when we answered a phone call on a cell phone, we were the ones paying for it, right? So there wasn't this unlimited talk and text and all that stuff. If we, you know, inbound or outbound, it was very expensive to talk on a cell phone. So that's what kind of led to the regulations up front. It, it pretty much just said, hey, you can't use these automated telephone dialing systems. They set up the hours that we could call. So 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. You can't call outside of that. And there was some different, basically generic rules that were put in place. But they didn't really do much. So they put that stuff in place. There was no technology to track it. There was no technology to manage it. So really, the, the, yeah, it was on paper, but they didn't have any teeth behind it. I think there was a $7,500 fine was, or I'm sorry, $1,500 was the initial fine back in 91, but it was very rarely used because they didn't know who sent the messages. They couldn't track people down. And so that's why basically, you know, you fast forward to today, it's really like the rules are a little bit more stringent, but what's changed is the ability for them to track us down. So now they know, hey, Jamel, you sent this message on this date to this person. And, you know, so there, there's a trail of everything that we're doing. So that's kind of the really high level change of what really you know, started back in 91 and what's kind of led to today. And I, I can give some, I'm happy to give some more details as like different regulations that have kind of been put in place. Um, yeah, man. Why don't we talk about that before you actually jump into that, though? I didn't even know texting existed in 1991, man. So I was only 
I was 10 years old in 1991. Yeah. That's crazy, yeah. man. So I don't think any texts were sent in 1991, but so that, that first, that first law was written for like the automated dialing systems, right? Gotcha. Um, you know, there, there was a quote that I think it was Senator Fritz was the guy's name, but he's like, this is an invasion of privacy. They're interrupting our dinners. They're interrupting, you know, TV mm -hmm. time. They're, we're getting out of bed to answer these phones and it's, you know, just some telemarketer, et cetera. So, you know, it didn't even have to do with like the, the cost factor necessarily, but I mean, it was like a personal thing. It's, it's invading my privacy. And um, so what they did, I think it was in, 2009 was like the second step of regulations that they had put into place. <clears throat> and for the most part, what that did was, um, you know, kind of outline texting and, you know, just kind of put a little bit more teeth behind what the regulations entailed. So um, in, in reality, all they're doing is using the same laws from, let's say, the auto dialing and stuff like that and applying it to the text messaging laws. Yeah. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. Okay. hundred percent. hundred percent. Cool. Cool, man. Now what are some of these high level regulations that are in place now? Yeah. So if, if you kind of look at it now, um, you know, 2009 is, is when they implemented like the do not call list, if you will. So that, that was a huge step. So they actually had a formal process for consumers to say, Hey, I don't want to get these calls anymore. I don't want to be marketed to. Um, so if you fast forward to today, Obviously, the do not call list is still hot and heavy. Um, and the numbers on this, like th this will blow your mind, man. But there are 241 million people registered on the do not call list. So if you think about that, 241 million people. We just had the census this last year. There's only 330 million people in the country, right? <laughs> so, and, and that includes kids and everybody else. So if, if you really look at it, our pool of people who have basically said, yeah, it's okay to call me for marketing purposes. It's really, really small. So if we're sending text blast out and using dialers for cold calls, chances are we're probably calling people we shouldn't be calling. Um, so that that's one of the big reg regulations is the do not call list. Man, I'm um, looking at these numbers here and you know, you, you figure that's about 90 million people. So we're looking at a little more than a third, a little around a third of the country that we can actually contact versus, and, and like you said, that, that includes yep. children yep. And, yep. and older people as well, man. So two thirds of the country are on a do not call list. We can't even contact them, man. Right. Right. That's crazy. That's it's crazy. Not, it's not, I, when, you, when you tell people that like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. And you know, so out of those 241, I, th I think last year there was four, about roughly 4 million uh, up until last year, about 4 million active complaints, um, from people who are on the do not call list that still receive phone calls. Um, you know, so it's, and that number wow. is going to continue to go up here a little bit too. So, I mean, you got 4 million actual complaints, but that number is going to go up because now it's easier to know who sent the message, who sent the pre-recorded, you know, ringless voicemail, if you will, et cetera. And it's, it's going to basically make it easier for them to say, yep, you did it. And here's your fine. So the fines went up. It's easier to find out who did it. And um, unfortunately, it's just going to keep getting worse. So they, they've put a lot of new regulations going forward. Like basically, the, the it's, it's not just on us to make sure who we're calling. Now the carriers have skin in the game. They have to basically help monitor these calls and and find out who's using their networks to send these messages. So it's, it's a completely different landscape than what it was just a few years ago. That's for sure. So, I mean, obviously, you know, there's a lot of different ways we could go with this part of the conversation, but. You know, I, I remember you, you mentioned to me one time that, 
you know, these people have three years or something like that. They could go back three years. If you contacted somebody, let's say today, and then in three years, they decided on that day that they wanted to say, hey, this guy sent me a text message illegally. They could come back after you. Yep, 100%. So in 2020, they uh, they signed into law the TRACED Act is what it was called. So it's basically a bolt-on uh, to the TCPA. But in effect, what that did was the old statute of limitations was one year. So this extended it actually out to four years. So something wow. that we do wrong today, they've got four years to come back and, and basically hold us accountable, sue us, fine us, take us to court, all that stuff. So we've got four years that we can get in trouble. The fines have went up to $10,000 per violation, per violation. So if, if I send three text messages, a ringless voicemail and call somebody who I shouldn't have, that's four separate violations with a fine up to $10,000 a piece. So, I mean, you can see, you know, where this is all going is it's not going to go away, but those are two of the really big ones there um, as, as far as that traced act and, and what that's come to the, the rest of that new legislation is, pretty much on us. There's, you know, different registration, different record keeping. There's different things that we have to do now as marketers in order to stay compliant with this. Um, right. Because obviously there's always a way out, right? So, you know, if, if a law is set in place, there's always a loophole to get around it, to yep. be able to be, to be able to generate leads, to be able to market. So we talked about some of the cons and obviously there's some more that we can discuss. What are some of the pros to this? Like we're, we're, what can we do as marketers in order to be able to make sure that we're complying with the, the texting rules and, and uh, the, the new TCPA and a trace act yep. and things like that in order to be able to generate leads and still make money as real estate investors. Yeah. I mean, and like you just said, this isn't all bad necessarily. I personally, I hate the spam calls. Um, yeah. I will very rarely do business with somebody that started out with spamming me and going that route. Like, like I should respond to some sort of marketing. I should basically put my hand up and say, yes, you can call me. So there, there's some benefits is one is after we, you know, start doing things the right way, if we're not already, um, we're going to, you know, force inbound lead generation. We're going to have much more qualified leads. We'll ultimately, we'll have a better return on investment on our text messaging costs too, right? So instead of sending it out to 5,000, we're going to have a much narrower list and we're, we sh- should get a higher response rate and have better leads coming through that versus, you know, just throwing a, a huge net out there and, and hoping that something sticks in there. But, but what we can do as investors to, to kind of change this is one the one of the big things that we have to do going forward is we have to register and get a SANS number. It's a subscription account number is what that is. And, and what you would do is go to the do not call registry. There's a website for it. Um, part of the giveaway that, I'll, that, uh, that we're going to provide everybody today goes through the details on how to access that. But there's a registration process. They have to register who you are, who your company is. You've got to basically complete your business profile on there and um, start scrubbing your list and and all that stuff. So that is a paid subscription that you have to basically subscribe to in order to have access to the do not call list. Cost of doing business, man. Cost of doing business, right? Cost of doing business. And, and there's some protection. So, you know, some of the newer investors that, that aren't doing business in multiple markets and everywhere else, 
there is op uh, options to basically be able to have access to that list for free. So up to, I think, five or 10 phone numbers is completely free that you can register on there and get data for five area codes um, without paying you know any additional money. But once you expand beyond five area codes, then it's a subscription base and you know you actually have to pay for for what level of access you want um so that's the first thing is that you definitely and, and that and that implementation like that needs to be implemented like now actually it should have been done yesterday frankly yeah but go to that list um register get your um sans number lined up and then that way you're at least set up and and register with the dnc and why don't we provide them with a step-by-step -step process on what to do in order to stay compliant yeah. Yeah. So that start there, start with registering and, and getting your subscription account number. The next step after that happens, you actually have to register your campaigns and your numbers. So not only do you have to register your business, but now you have to say, okay, I'm going to run this particular marketing campaign. This is sample messages that I'm going to send out. These are the numbers I'm going to use. And they actually will review and, and approve you based on how you're going to use the, the system. And then after that, basically, if they give you like a trust score and I, I compare it to like a credit score, if you will. So, you know, banks are going to use our, our credit scores to determine how trustworthy we are. Are we going to pay that loan back? Are we going to, you know, are we going to default? Same thing with this. So after the information we use, we give them our campaigns and all that, they're going to assign a trust score to us as marketers. And that's going to determine how many messages we can send per day. Um, you know, what, what platforms and this and this and this, and they're basically, they, they can throttle down our marketing if we're deemed untrustworthy, if you will. Mm. So, so there is real motivation to do it the right way. Some people are, have asked, well, what happens if I don't register? What, what are they going to do? Right? Well, what they're going to do is now the carriers have skin in the game. So there's actually been lawsuits against some of the carriers over the last couple of years, so they're getting sued and there's like a $20 million judgment against one in particular that they, you know, one of their customers was using their platform to spam blast out and do all these illegal activities. So since they didn't shut it down and control it, they had to pay over $20 million in fines. So now, and this is also part of the new legislation, but they have skin in the game and there's new technology that, that one, if you don't register, your deliverability rates are going to drop to the floor. And that's already started to happen. We've seen this kind of across the board, but um, if you're not registered, they're going to mark you as, as spam and they're, they won't, they'll, they'll block it before it even gets to the end user. You know, the, so the, yeah. the same thing happens with email platforms, man. You, you look yep. at some of the main email platforms out there. If you, if you, if you're spamming people in, on their platforms, your deliverability rate is not only going to affect you, but it's going to affect everybody else on the platform. So right. they'll block you, right? Yep. And your emails won't get delivered and they'll shut your account down because they'll right. get in trouble on the other end. So it's the same thing that applies here with the text messaging as well, man. Yep. Yep. And then even if your message does get through, if you didn't register, well, the technology is in place now, like I said before, they know who sent it and where it came from. They can't spoof numbers and, and do all those, you know, random generation for, you know, sending out all these different text messages using 50 different numbers that that stuff's all going away. So now it's, it's, it's going to get pretty easy for them to come back and track you down. We've already heard, uh, we've, you know, we've got several thousand customers across the country, um, but we've already heard several horror stories, man, where 
You know, mm. this guy sent out two text messages and one phone call and had to fight lawsuits for 18 months and, you know, yep. settle out of court for 7,500 bucks on this. And I mean, it's, it's amazing. We've, we, we hear this pretty much every several weeks or somebody who's got a, a nightmare story to tell it's, and it's just going to keep getting worse. So you got professional litigators out there, man, they're out there to get your money, man. So you send somebody, I mean, I, you and I both know, we, we, we know a lot of the same people and a couple of people that we both know yep. were sued and had to pay out, uh, settle out and settle out of court because they sent somebody a piece of marketing who was on a do not call list. Yeah. And so, yep. Uh, if that's why it's important to scrub that DNC, you know, make sure that you're you're complying by all of the rules and regulations. It's going to keep you out of trouble in the end and that's make right. it less of a headache to make money in this business. Yeah. I mean, they got four years to come get you now. So yeah. something you do today, you might not even be worried about that in two years from now. And all of a sudden you get that phone call or that notification. And, you know, there, there's a lot of investors out there, a $10,000 fine or $20,000 fine that shuts you down. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, even even the bigger guys, nobody wants to pay 20 grand for something like that. Right. So, you know, it's it's all about getting written consent, getting, you know, consent to send those text messages, scrubbing the do not call list. There are other ways to find motivated sellers. And at the end of the day, after all the dust settles, this is going to be a good thing anyway, in my opinion. I think so, man. It's going to clean up the industry a bit and uh, yep. just make sure that we're doing things the right way. And I've personally been fine, not by texting, but through uh, putting out bandage signs here in my local area. They found me, find me 20,000 bucks, man. Holy cow. Thankfully, I was able to uh, negotiate the thing down to almost nothing. But the whole yep. point is there's always going to be some type of uh, legislation, some type of law in place that's going to uh, hinder you from doing what you're doing. Yeah. But if you just comply and you're, you're willing to maneuver with what, whatever that, uh, legislation is, you'll be fine. You're, I'm still in right. business. You'll, you'll still be in business yeah. as well, man. Yep. So, so we have here, get a sans number. We also want to yep. get, do what it takes to get that trust score up. And, uh, what yep. was the next step after that? Yeah. So, so, you know, so get your sans number before we start sending text messages or even cold calling, scrub the do not call list. Right. And, and the national do not call list, um, you know, again, it's got 241 million people on there. We really need to make sure we're not calling people who's taking the effort to say, I don't want these type of messages. The second thing too, is as we're marketing, um, one of the new rules, and I, I didn't mention this earlier, but um, if somebody, if we call somebody or text somebody and they say, take me off your list, even if they're not on the national do not list do not call list. If they tell us to take them off the list, we as business owners now have to maintain an internal do not call list for five years. So as those investigations, if you were to get fined later, they're going to come in and ask, hey, I'd like to see your internal do not call list. So you can't just delete your contacts and move on. We actually have to maintain a list. And that's why, you know, ARIA Blackbook and, you know, some, you know, different system, whatever that is, you really need to make sure that's dialed in because if they come knocking three years down the road, you must be able to provide that, that list of, of who opted out for the last five years. Um, obviously, uh, I mentioned earlier that 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. is the federal regulations on you know do not call outside of those hours, but each state's got a different set of rules on that too. So um, you know some states are, are much stricter than others, there's links, uh, the, the giveaway that I'll, I'll send out later, it will basically have a link there for each different state and let you know, like, all right, I'm, I'm marketing in Ohio. 
all right, well, Ohio's this hour to this hour. So, you know, it's mm. not just the federal rules, make sure, because that can get you as well. Um, and then there's some other things too, like pre-recorded messages, ringless voicemails. They've been really popular as well. But in addition to having consent, we actually have to have to have written consent, um, express prior written consent before we can send a ringless voicemail. So, um, so let's talk yeah, about that for a moment, right? Obviously, how do you get prior? How do you get prior written consent? Here's my here's the thing, and, and I know the answer to this, but this is for the people that may not know, right? You got what's called uh, broadcast marketing. You have follow up marketing. How can you send a broadcast marketing? Uh, message to someone that didn't consent to allowing you sending them a text message. Right. How does that work? Obviously, on a, on a website, we have a box that we could check and and allow, you know, just say, hey, yeah, I want to opt in. But how right. do you do that with text messaging? So so the, the easy way is you have to do some sort of marketing where they're calling you, right? So if, if it's a bandit sign and they're calling, responding back to your marketing, well, they're opting in by calling you. Mm-hmm. Um, that way you can send them text messages back. If, if it's direct mail, you can put a, a disclaimer on the bottom there. Hey, by calling or responding to this text, you know, you're giving us permission. If they go to a website, you know, our websites that we have on our platform, it's got the little disclosure at the bottom. You are hereby agreeing for pre-recorded messages, automated text messages, and for us to call you going forward. So there's different ways that you can funnel that in um, to have them opt in. If you're just buying a list, even if that person's not on the do not call list, you should not send them a ringless voicemail because we do not have written prior consent for those pre-recorded messages. Those, those robocalls and, and um, th- those are really, really in the crosshairs right now. I, I'm, I've actually been telling people, unless it's a follow-up sequence and they're opted in, you do not send ringless voicemails. You're, you're just kind of asking for trouble that way. Yeah. Yeah. What about um, cold calling? Yeah. So you can legally cold call. Um, assuming that you're one scrubbing the do not call list. I I sound like a broken record here. I can't stress that enough. Scrub the do not call list, make sure they didn't tell you not to call them again. And, uh, if that's the case, you're, you're good to, to do those cold calls. Now there, of course there's, there's gray area with this. So if we're using automated dialers, you know, extremely, those are really popular right now, right? Some of these, you know, plug-ons that you can, you know, call a bunch of different numbers and, um, there's some rules with this now. If we're using a dialer and even calling people who aren't on, who are not registered on the do not call list, we have to be able to, and they pick up, we have to be live on that call in less than two seconds or we're in violation. So if it takes four seconds for them, for us to pick up the phone and connect, that's a violation. If, uh, let's see here, if, if the phone's ringing and goes on for more than 15 seconds, well, we're supposed to hang up within 15 seconds. And those are small little goofy rules that, you know, most of the time you're, you know, I wouldn't worry about those necessarily, but, but scrub the list. If you're using the dialers, make sure that somebody's on the other side and don't send ringless voicemails unless they've given us written permission to do so. Yeah, man. So what I'm hearing uh, ultimately is if you're sending out a broadcast, make sure you're doing some type of outbound, outbound marketing which will capture the numbers and allow you to send out uh, a broadcast, which is essentially means yep. it shouldn't be your first touch. Maybe your right. second or third or fourth touch down the line, you send out that text message. Uh, same with uh, follow-up, you know, obviously yeah. 
basically all so, we're doing is following up. That's all we're doing at this yeah. point, right? We're yeah. using texting most of follow- our follow-up activities, they've responded to some type some type of marketing, right? They're, we've already engaged with them. They're, they may have called us back or texted it back. Like, we're good with that. So, you know, it's part of a lot of our automated follow-up, you know, like we, our, our platform is send out automated text messages to keep in contact with sellers who aren't ready today, you know, and follow up with them for 15 months even. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with ringless voicemails. It's not illegal to to send either one of those, but how we send them and who we send them to, that that's where the line is, right? So yeah, if they're opted in on, on follow-up sequences, you know, texting is okay. We've already engaged with them. If if it's ringless voicemail, you know, especially early on, say, hey, I'm gonna stay in contact with you. Is it okay if I I you know sit you know send you some message pre-recorded messages or text messages or the best way to do that is Hey, I'm going to send you a link to one of my websites, you know, go ahead and opt in. And that way I'll stay in contact. And, you know, when they, they opt in that way, it, it you know, gives you the permission and, and yeah. allows you to track it. And not to sound like a broken record, man, but it, it really sounds to me like you just shouldn't broadcast messages out, especially as a first touch to a seller. Essentially, all we're doing is following up. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, right. Def- definitely don't do it with ringless voicemails. I mean, those um, those robo calls is what they're calling them. That was a big part of this trace act last year. And it's the, the again, the fines are outrageous. They, they can track you down now. But I think there was something like 20 billion robo calls that was that was made last year. And that was down from 2019. Actually, it was like it's unbelievable how many robo calls are happening. And it's you know, people are just fed up with it. So those are really, really in the crosshairs. But it's okay to do it if you have some type of communication and consent already. Yep. Same you thing with text have, messaging. You've got, you've got to have that prior consent for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Same with and, same and text with messaging. Me. So, I mean, if, if you've got somebody who's not registered on the do not call list, you can send them a text message to try to open the conversation. That's not necessarily illegal. <clears throat> I mean, we want to be registered with the, you know, again, have our SANS number. We want to be registered with the do not call registry and all that stuff. If they're not on do not call this, you can send a text message out to them with, you know, without breaking the, the rules necessarily. But if we're blasting them all out, you know, all over the place and they're automated messages, that's where the, the, the line kind of gets crossed over a little bit there. So, yeah, it's a, the, the part of follow up sequences. You're more, you know, by and large, you're not going to have issues as part of a follow up sequence. If you go blast out 10,000 you know, people on a high equity list or something like that. You better check the list because chances are you're probably breaking the rules. So I'm probably so here's the way I'm thinking about it. And, you know, again, I know we we keep reiterating this, but I just want uh, some clarity even for myself. Right. So if I'm contacting someone and I say, hey, um, I just sent you I just you know, we just we just sent you we just picked up the phone and called you or we just sent you an email or something like that. But I'm contacting him through text message. That's okay. Hey, uh, we weren't able to reach you through email. We weren't able, we, we just tried to call you, but wasn't able to get you decided to send you a quick text message. That yeah. would be okay. Yeah. As long as they're not on the do not call list, that's Got fine. You. If okay. they've already opted in and responded to one of your marketing, you know, f- from a postcard or something like that, well, then, then you have permission. You're good to go. So if they've already responded to marketing, yes, you can pick up the phone and call that person back. You, you can shoot them a text message, all that you're good to go. But yeah, it's just that upfront completely yeah. cold lead that didn't ask for it. If, if they're on the do not call list, you're in trouble. If, if they're not on there, yes, you can, you can still send them a text message. That's where the power of direct mail comes in, the power of cold calling, the power of other marketing channels that you guys yeah. may consider to be old school 
that's where those those powerful marketing tactics can come in and allow you yeah. to bring in a new school methods to be able to bring it all together full circle. Right. So yep. that's the importance of multiple modalities when you're marketing, guys. Direct mail, text messaging. You got the ringless voicemail. You got to be careful with it. You got the cold calling. You got other forms yep. of marketing, email marketing, things like that that you can use in order to reach out to people. Don't ever become a one trick pony. Use these right. other methods in order to really keep your phone ringing so that you can stay in business. Right. What and that's why I want to there. Yeah. What you just said there is really, really important. Don't be a one trick pony. And we've seen people get caught up like that because even if we don't, you know, there's going to be people who listen to this and we talk to them all the time. Say, like, oh, I'm going to, I'm not going to stop texting. This is how I get a ton of deals. It's cheap. And, you know, we, I know you've had that conversation. I've had that conversation with people, but at the end of the day, technology, I mean, compared to 91 to now, like, you know, they had no way to do anything back then. Now they're getting better. Well, you know what, in six months from now, it's going to be even better from a technology standpoint. So th they will have the ability eventually to press a button and say, all right, Jamel, we've had enough. We're cutting you off. You're done. Shut down. Like if we don't have, you know, direct mail or some of these old tried and true type marketing strategies in our business, we're really, really putting ourselves at risk there. Um, you know, and there, there's other things to do too. It doesn't have to just be direct mail, but don't solely rely on text messaging or sending ringless voicemails, broadcasting that stuff out like that, because you're going to wake up one day and you're going to be like, what do I do now? And it's a bad feeling for as a business owner, I promise. Absolutely, man. Now, obviously, there's a lot of things that we, we can cover on this podcast. What are some of the uh, obstacles that our listeners should look out for? What are some, some things that they're going to face as they look to transition into these new, these new laws? <clears throat> Yep. So a couple of things is one, just again, be reminded that what you do today can come back and haunt you four years down the road. That's, that's really, really important. Mm -hmm. We've already seen people basically get hit on stuff that was a year ago um, in 18 months ago and things like that. But as long as if we can just drive home the fact that they need to register their business, get their SANS numbers, what it's called, scrubbing the do not call list and registering your campaigns. If you can just do that piece right there and make that as part of your marketing process, they'll be okay. Um, you know, there's a lot of small rules here and there, but if you were to follow that part of it, at least um, it, it'll put you in a good spot again. And don't send those ringless voicemails out <laughs> on, a, on a broadcast there. But yeah. And, and again, I, I'm, I'm keeping this somewhat short. I mean, there's a, there's a way, obviously I mentioned earlier, you got to register your business. Well, now you've got to register each one of those campaigns and put your numbers in there. And, and that technology and that process is actually still getting worked out with each one of the carriers. So it's not like Verizon and AT&T and Sprint that they've all came out and said, hey, here's the same process across the board. They each have their own little deal that they're, the, how they want to handle it wow. and so on and so forth. But <clears throat> so the registration part through the DNC, we're actually building stuff out inside of RIA Blackbook to where, you know, again, they can just press a couple buttons, register. Um, we're trying to figure out if, if we can possibly register on their behalf but we're, we're going to build out some stuff inside the platform. As soon as we know the exact rules and where the goalposts are from the government and the carriers, uh, we'll make that easy. But, but in the meantime, um, part of that, that uh, giveaway, the guide that I'm going to show and the step-by-step -step instructions, how to register, here's the, re here's the rules, 
here's what's changing and here's what you do next. Um, <clears throat> there's, there's links on there on how exactly how to do, do all that. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and link all of that in the uh, description box and the show notes of the podcast. Make sure you guys check that out. But how can our listeners, uh, I, I know you wanted to provide, uh, I guess a text code or something like that. Yeah, I, I've, got a, I've, I've got a keyword set up here. So uh, anybody, if you want this step-by-step guide, um, you know, overview of the rules, how to register your business and, and how to stay compliant going forward. If you text TCPA to 786-751-7926. Again, the phone number is 786-751-7926 and just text TCPA. So guys, and, listen, yeah. go yeah. ahead uh, I, I want you guys to take this seriously, especially if you're using texting or any form of marketing. You're going you're gonna to need to understand this stuff, right? Go ahead and text TCPA to 786-751-7926. And, uh, you know, obviously when there's a lot of moving parts, especially when, when it comes to text messaging and marketing in general, it's easier to have somebody else help you along the process or at least do it for you, right? That's what software is for. That's why you have companies like mine and like REI Blackbook who will make sure that you're compliant so that our platforms can stay up, right? right. REI Blackbook <laughs> is doing a great job with that, making sure that they don't get shut down. So in order for That's them right. to continue to support you, they have to stay compliant. So they're making your life much easier by handling all of this for you up front. So listen, yep. uh, I recommend you know taking advantage of that, right? 786-751-7926. All you got to do is text TCPA to that number and uh, you'll get all the information that you need in order to start uh, your step-by-step process to become compliant when it comes to uh, marketing through uh, text messaging, man. So- yep. uh, any, anything else that you want to add, man? Uh, anything that we're missing out right now? So obviously this is a ever-changing um, landscape, right? So as new rules, as as the carriers are kind of releasing new technology and, hey, this is a new process, we're keeping that guide up to date. We've probably had four or five revisions on that thing already. So as soon as we're getting the information, we've got part of our team is, is researching this and looking at this every single day we're updating that guide nonstop. So, so check back in on there. You can text that, that same keyword. I'll leave that open uh, going forward. Every time there's a revision, we'll send that new one out there. But um, so just, just stay on it because honestly, this may be old news in two weeks and there may be additional stuff that's, that's been added and implemented from a technology standpoint. So again, just, just stay up on it and then, you know, let's change our marketing strategies generate inbound leads. Like you said, don't be that one trick pony and uh, we'll, we'll all be better for it here in a, in a year or two anyway. Um, I, again, I, I do think this is all good stuff. So Absolutely, man. I agree with that, man. I appreciate you joining us today, providing this information. I know there's a lot to cover and we probably didn't have the, the uh, time to go through everything, man, to be honest with you. That's why it's important for nope. you guys to text that TCPA number to that number that we provided. Again, it's 786-751-7926. Make sure you guys uh, get your information that you need to stay compliant. Kevin Carroll, right. man, been a real pleasure. REI Black Book, shout out to you guys. And Kevin, any last words for our listeners, man? Be consistent with your marketing. Don't send out ringless voicemails. Register your numbers and tune in for your next podcast as well, Jabelle. <laughs>
Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. And listen, I, I hope you guys benefited from this. Do me a favor. Leave a comment in the comment section. Let me know what questions you have. Maybe we'll have Kevin, Kevin back to answer some of those questions. Maybe we can do a Q&A session, man, if you're up to it. Uh, to answer some of these questions. I think that'll be great content for everybody as well. But leave a, a comment in the comment section. Go ahead, share this video with everybody you know who's in the real estate or the marketing industry in general. I think that it's important for everybody to understand what's really going on behind the scenes so that they can stay compliant and we can all make more money together collectively, right? right? That's what this is all about, helping everybody right. to do the right thing in order to prevent the industry from shutting down. Not that that that, that is ever going to happen, but listen, <laughs> right. like this video, subscribe to this channel, share this video, leave a comment in the comment section. Let's start a conversation to see how we can help you further in your real estate investing business. And I'll talk to you guys on the next one. Peace. Check out my website at reieducationacademy.com. To make it easy, you can just simply go to jamelgibbs.com or check out my YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash Jamel Gibbs. I'm all over the web, whether it be on Facebook slash the Jamel Gibbs or on Instagram at Jamel Gibbs. I'm on LinkedIn as well. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Snapchat. Check out all of these platforms for daily content, weekly content, more content from Jamel Gibbs. But if you want to get more in depth, go to REI Education Academy. Com. And that's how you can find out more about my training material and how you can get started investing in real estate today. Talk to you later.